Veterans are who we are, what we talk about, who we fight for. This podcast sheds light on real issues facing our veterans. It informs the uninformed, it celebrates their triumphs, and it provides hope to those fighting a silent battle. This is Upholding Valor. Welcome. I'm Jill Atwood, Director of Communications for the VA in Salt Lake City and your host for Upholding Valor. The 20-year war has ended, ironically colliding with the 20th anniversary of the worst terrorist attacks in our nation's history, 9-11. Some, some events are so cataclysmic that they're, they're ageless. The events of that day led us into the war in Afghanistan. We were shattered but quickly regained our footing and resolve. We were united as a nation. My conversation with two veterans takes many turns as each grapples with the last 20 years and the impact that fateful day had on our lives. They are from different eras and have different convictions on the war in Afghanistan, but as much as they are different, they are the same. I think it woke many people up that we are vulnerable, that we aren't that far above everyone else. I also think that temporarily um, we became a much more understanding, a kinder and gentler America. Lieutenant Colonel Bruce Sperry was set to retire before 9-11, but the events of that day changed his course. I'm a volunteer and I'm a soldier. And soldiers move towards the sounds of gunfire and where they can make the most difference. I had well over 20 years and was going to retire. But when this happened, I felt impelled to absolutely uh, exact some payback for our country. He knew it wouldn't be long before he deployed to the Middle East. Sperry was a special forces medic with an elite anti-terrorism group specializing in surgery and trauma. Well, one of Special Forces' primary mission is unconventional warfare. And that was a beautiful place to have unconventional warfare, um, to train the indigenous personnel how to defend their country, how to become independent from the uh, tyranny, um, from the Taliban, al-Qaeda, anyone like that. It was a perfect Special Forces mission, and it started out that way. I do have an opinion. I think that um, the war became very prolonged, and we mission drifted away from an unconventional warfare to a conventional warfare. Former Army Captain Bill Essex served two tours in Vietnam with Special Forces. He understands how lines blur as war drags on. Well, we stayed way too long. Uh, I think it's, it's, it was a mistake to think we were going to rebuild Afghanistan in our image. I mean, the history of Afghanistan is littered with good intentions and defeated conquerors. We should have kicked ISIS's ass and then gone home. He and other veterans struggle with what was and what will become of a country's people that many fought long and hard to protect. It just doesn't make any sense that the people that I thought we were turning everything over to, and even our security for our exit was turned over to the Taliban. That bothered me, and we knew there would be an issue. Every soldier knew there was going to be an issue. We just didn't know 
the magnitude and the number. It's a country of terror. They walk around and shoot people in the head. They have no, it's not a big thing to them. Once you've killed 50, 60, 70 men, women, and children, it becomes very easy. Um, and I don't think we have been exposed as Americans to that kind of terror, to that kind of uh, non-concern for someone else's life. Life is pretty cheap over there. They were saying it's deja vu all over again. And it was particularly difficult for me because I, I was in Special Forces my first assignment and I lived and worked and fought with the Vietnamese. The night Vietnam fell, I was getting ready to work a, a graveyard shift as a deputy sheriff. And I was watching that as I got ready. And you didn't want to piss me off that night. I, I had a real rough time with that. Uh, I, I had many close Vietnamese friends, and uh, I, I'm sure they didn't fare well with the change of regimes in, the, in that instance. Uh, I think one of the strongest things about being in combat is the relationships you form with the people you're fighting with, because the, the, I don't know what could rival the intensity of those feelings that we would have for each other. For some reason we were unable to have the local military leadership believe enough in their country that they're willing to die for it. Now that's a generality because I'm certain that hundreds if not thousands did believe in their country and stayed there and have given their lives for it. They were America's allies. Many people give their lives because they have chosen to be our allies. You know, we only hear um, about those that turned and ran. I'm certain from fighting with some of those people, they're as passionate as we are, and their lives will be taken swiftly and without conscience popular adage during Vietnam was that the Vietnamese were cowards and they'd run off and leave you. My experience was that the only times mine ran off and left me was when if it had been up to me, I would have told them to do it and I was glad I could go with them. Both men have compartmentalized their experiences. They get help through VA for those memories that keep them up at night. Still, there are certain events, certain people, they will never forget. You lose your support system. Uh, I didn't start having flashbacks until after I couldn't participate in the 19th Special Forces anymore because of my health. That's when things kind of hit me like gangbusters. And it was because those associations are so important because except for other soldiers, nobody understands where you're coming from, what your feelings are, what your thought process is. It's, it's even more so now that we have a totally professional military because everybody sits at home and barbecues their steaks and people they don't know are the ones doing the fighting and people that they hardly ever interact with. with. I don't know if people truly understand what an explosion and a mass casualty situation looks like, what it smells like 
what it feels like. If you think of a, a roll of pennies, it's 50 pennies. And if you think of the civilian casualties, uh, so that's uh, over three rolls of pennies. And you put those in your hands and you threw them out on the ground. But the carnage, the triage, the deciding who's immediate, who's deceased, who can be treated, is absolutely, that many people is just something that will, the people aren't used to understanding that. I was with quite a few people when they took their last breath. Um, it's very easy to take a life. It's very difficult to save one. For me, what goes through my mind is all those soldiers that I worked on and couldn't save. It seems overwhelming that the majority I could not save. Now, whether that's true or not, if you lose one and can't save one after you work hard to save them, um, it's too many, and they stay with you. Some were just kids. It was very traumatic. I think many of them were. Um, the majority of them were. I think soldiers do their duty, and they realize what the cost may be. And it's one of the most unselfish loves, I think, that you can give. And I certainly respect that um, and honored that. In any way I could, I worked casualties as hard as I could work them for as long as I could work them. Sperry laments about the future of Afghanistan. However, neither man regrets their part in serving their country, only that so many didn't make it home. I think there's a tendency for cultures to go back to the way things were instead of advancing and making change. Um, my concern is for all Afghanistan people, but primarily for women and children. I think as America, we, we built schools, we fixed roads, we gave them water that they didn't have before. We made their lives better, and especially for women. And I think that will go back to the way it was. In fact, it already has. Well, I don't think whenever you answer your country's call you, that you die in vain, no matter how misguided the, the endeavor is. I, th I, I think that a country that doesn't have people that will step forward and lay their life on the line for the ideals of the country is, is, is in bad shape. I'm just grateful that we continue to have people that will do that. I would do it again if I could and was asked to. And the veterans that I know would do it again if they were physically able and were asked to, even though we know it was screwed up. Because it was just kind of a responsibility of citizenship to step up and do your duty when it's needed. It's so hard to find the right words after hearing from these two heroes. They represent so many men and women just like them. I appreciate their candor and vulnerability during this challenging time in our country's history on so many fronts. There are a lot of opinions on Afghanistan, a lot of emotions tied to the last 20 years, and all I can hope for, as a veteran, 
is that we can all come together as a country and be united once again. Thanks for joining us today for Upholding Valor. Stay safe, take care of each other, and be kind. This is Jill Atwood. I'm a VA employee, Army veteran, and veteran of Desert Storm. This is personal to me. There is no greater mission than to serve and fight for those who fought for us. Thanks for listening and thanks for caring. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe or rate us. Or better yet, tell a vet and tell a friend to tune in by texting veterans to 57500 or go to kslpodcast.com slash veterans. VA is honored to serve you.